Hello Voices, my name is Joe Choi and I'm a multi-award-winning voiceover and host of a voiceover's audio adventure podcast. A bi-weekly show where I learn about the voiceover and audio industry and share with you all the stories, tips and tricks along the way. Welcome to another adventure. This week, I'll be delving into one of the most sought-after niches in the voiceover world. Most want to be part of it, but either don't know how to or think it's out of their reach. Today is the first of many episodes about this niche. I will be speaking with experts to give you the best opportunity possible at achieving your goals and get rid of any doubts or questions you may have. Today's adventure is about animation and more specifically, voice acting in animation. Voice acting in the animation world is a very hard niche to get into. In my experience in speaking with people I know, these roles are usually reserved for classically trained actors or people who live, breathe and dedicate themselves to the craft. What I mean by that is you are good and you excel at creating characters. Not just funny voices, but having distinguishable characteristics between different roles you may be playing. I have had the pleasure of voice acting in several animation projects. The standout one being my role in Hammer and Bolter, which is an animated series based on the Warhammer games. It definitely was a special job. I got the audition for my agent and the rest is history. As you know, there are no two jobs that are the same. So today, I will be getting the thoughts and advice from two amazing voice actors who have been doing this for decades. First off, let's hear from Kate Harbour. Her voice acting has appeared in shows such as Bob the Builder, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, and Shaun the Sheep, to name a few. Looking forward to hear some gems and hear what she has to say. Hi, I'm Kate Harbour and I'm an actor. I've performed in many things, but my niche, I suppose, is animated characters from Bob the Builder, Octonauts to Shaun the Sheep uh, and Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Out now, go and see it. It's great. <laughs> um, I also do a lot of radio dramas and comedies from Doctor Who to Robin of Sherwood, uh, the Big Ben theory and the Roy Hudlines. I'm also the English dub for several Netflix shows from Super Monsters to Go Go Corey Carson. Well, I suppose I started, I fell in love with the Muppets, you see. And, uh, well, that's where it all started. Right, so a misconception. Um, it's just a silly voice, isn't it? No. <laughs> and if you, the actor, think that it's just a silly voice, it will definitely sound it. Um, if you're just reading the words or phoning it in, uh, to use an old turns phrase, you're not acting. I mean, I, it's our job, really, to find engaging ways to give a truthful account of that character's story. And I think we do that by tapping into our own unique life experience. Our own little quirks, you know, our voice box and, well, hey, our spirit, right? Um, to make that character come alive. So, soapbox time. AI can't replicate that wonderful uniqueness. Oh, no. Uh, you can hear it, can't you, when someone's not being genuine or the real deal. You know, um, being human. <laughs> okay, hardest thing about what you do. Constant self-promotion uh, and marketing. <laughs> especially keeping up with the algorithms on social and you know how to navigate all of that but basically all the stuff that's not actually requiring what i do best 
which, I mean, I'd much rather leave all that to the experts. But, you know, needs must. Um, and it, actually, I'm incredibly thankful that I did gen up on all of that. As when lockdown hit, I was able to work from my studio at home. It's a major stroke of luck as I had just landed Octonauts and the third series of Messi Goes to Okie Doe, which I absolutely loved working on. One tip you would give, that's a bit mean. Aspiring actors. <laughs> okay, well, I might give you a few if you don't mind. Get versatile. Keep mimicking your family, um, your neighbours, your frenemies. Uh, just keep expanding your library of characters. Find the joy in it and um, and be a team player, actually. Um, there's nothing wrong with an ego. We've all got one. But just um, my suggestion is that just leave it at the door. <laughs> yes, what's the other one? Um, dare to fail, don't fail to dare. There you go. That's a good one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> life's too short, for goodness sake. So just step into your power. And uh, so this is the self-promotion bit. Um, if you'd like to explore this area of work with me a bit more, then uh, come and work with me on my acting for animation courses, which I offer. <laughs> no, I really, I absolutely love it when everyone brings their unique human and animal and object choices <laughs> it's brilliant. We have such a fun time. So, yeah, if you're up for that, I've got some more coming up in uh, in February, I, I believe. Um, anyway, that's it. That's me. Over and out. Thank you, Kate. How dare you add more than one tip? <laughs> Thanks for the amazing nuggets of knowledge. To be honest, it all sounds so easy, right? Okay, hopefully you've got the gist of what it takes to develop get your first job or maybe more. I think it's time to speak with my next guest, Julie Ann Dean, a versatile voice actor with 29 years in the industry and featured in over 40 children's series and films, including the UK's version of Max and Ruby, Baby Ricky and Paw Patrol to name a few. I wanted to ask her how she got her break, how she creates characters, how to get in front of casting directors and more. Hello, I'm Julianne and I'm a voice actor. I've been doing this for 29 years. It started when I was uh, 16. <laughs> I wanted to say two then, but that's uh, I started when I was 16 and um, uh, in a children's show. And then I've been working on children's animations mainly for the last 29 years. Yeah. Lovely. And I blinking love it. I really do. I really do. <laughs> so... How did you get to where you are today? Like, what made you go into the world of animation? Did you choose it or did it choose you? It chose me. I okay. Well, I knew I wanted to be an actress. And mm -hmm. uh, my dad was in the army, so we we lived in Germany. And it okay. meant that a lot of avenues for uh, becoming the next Judy Dench were were limited. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I uh, we had, like, one TV channel and there was one local theatre within the barracks. Um, so I used to just write when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I used to write to TV shows in the UK wow. and stuff like that. Can I be any? Can I go? <laughs> no, you live in Germany and you're like 12. <laughs> Leave us alone. But uh, when I moved to the UK, it was just like, <gasps> wow. And so I 
I spent my evenings after school, I would uh, write to casting directors and I would, um, I'd phone them. <laughs> Hi, it's me. I've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, lots of them were very polite. And, um, but one of them said, well, try and get more feathers to your bow. And I thought, well, I can sing. I can sing. I'll, even though I can't. I mean, I'm pretty average, but I, I'm okay at singing. Yeah. So I thought, right, I, I'll go and get a singing demo done. So I went to the local recording studio in Gloucester where I lived. And they had posters for animations. Wow. And I was like, why, why, why you got that there? And they said, well, um, we do the, the voices for them. And I was like. What, what? I didn't. It wasn't something that had ever popped into my head, and uh, so I was fifteen then. And I said, "Can I have a go?" And they said, "Yes." And so they let me play about behind the microphone. And they said, "Well, actually, we've got a um, a BBC children's show that we need to dub from German to English. Do you want to audition for it?" And I was like. Yeah, so I I got <laughs> I auditioned and I got the part of the main girl in 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 this show called The Little Vampire, which was for BBC. Okay. So that's how it all started, and um, so it's not a very conventional route, if there is a conventional route into yeah, it. Yeah, true. Yeah, so uh, it makes it difficult to offer advice to people starting out now, but I think I know. I mean, <clears throat> that doesn't mean to say I can't help at all. Yeah. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions about what you do as a, as a, um, working on animations? What do you think? That it's easy. Um, <laughs> anyone could do it. Uh. <laughs> no, they're all true. No, no, no. Uh, no, I've always, I'm always surprised. I always think everyone can do it. And then I'll get somebody in, in here or whatever. And I go, no, just, just do this. No, <laughs> but I've I've gradually gotten better at directing. I used to be a terrible director. I just do that parrot thing. No, just do it like this. Hi, how are you? And they'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so now um, I'm. Uh, what would I say? I'd say the um, biggest misconception is that it's all just about the voices. It's not hmm. just about the voices at all. <laughs> um, and so that, I'll often get people saying to me, I can do silly voices and I'm always getting told I can do And honestly, that's a massive bonus. It is. I mean, it, it really is. But it's not yeah. the main thing. The yeah. main thing is learning to act. So if yeah. you want to get into animation you really need to know about acting because there needs to be truthfulness in it kids are not stupid yeah. <laughs> they really aren't they were yeah. and especially these days with everything that's out there they're not going to buy it if somebody's just not believing their words so um that is the biggest misconception about working in animation do you feel like you need to be able to do different types of voices slash characters to be able to be successful no no you don't um i do i do uh one of my things is that i'm quite versatile but you do not need to and it's it because i think now uh especially people are looking for authenticity yeah, And so they will make that extra effort to get somebody who's authentically that accent or from that background. And mm. so that means they 
they will get the main roles and things, which is really good. Yeah. But it is very useful because if you get that main part, then they might go, oh, there's a there's three little boys over there. Can you just do the voices of those three little boys? And it's really yeah. handy to have those. Yeah. So, but you definitely can. I mean, lots of celebrities do it. Uh, they just have their voice on things. So, yeah. So there is an opportunity, I'd say, but I, I do think it is worth working on other characters. How do you work on yeah. other characters? It's something that you need to um, practice. You need to become comfortable with being seen as slightly crazy <laughs> because <laughs> because you'll be watching somebody or listening to somebody or, well i radio four if i hear somebody on radio four i'm always surprised at, at, at how extreme some people's voices are and yeah. you th- and you think oh no, no that's really over the top but with animation you can't be too over the top most yeah. of the time unless it's a particular type of animation so I'll take a quality from somebody's voice and then, you, but like I said, the main thing is, is the character and you get the, yeah. the, the, you get the character and the acting from the, the script. And if it's not there, you make it up. And so then you, so you've got the voice and then you've got the character and then you try it. No, that doesn't quite work. And then, oh, let's look at the artwork. Ha, ah, yeah, I can see that they're quite, um, they've got great big lips. Perhaps it would help with gave them a bit more bubble in their lip. I don't know. Anyway, you yeah. make up these words that make sense to you because that's fine. And yeah. what I have is on my phone, I just have loads and loads of notes of me yeah. me going, I'd have heard somebody, and I'll go, oh, somebody actually talks like this. <laughs> so I'm recording it into my yeah. phone. And then I'll listen to it when I have an audition or whatever come up. Or... Uh, I have in it, on my computer. I have little files where I'll say "U.S. girl" or um, but there's. I mean, I'm not specific enough. What I should do is have um, like head voice or chest voice. But what I'm what yeah. I do when I'm recording the notes is, and it sounds as though the larynx is lifted and um, it's very nasally, and and I'll, I'll suddenly just start saying it. And but I can copy it once I've heard it. So I yeah. don't. I'm not very good at all the technical stuff. Yeah. Nick Redman is. I'll do a quick shout out to my girl yes. Nick Redman because yes, she's re- yeah she's really good at that. And we run an acting workshop together sometimes because she comes at it from the uh, technical side and me from the mm-hmm. acting side. So um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of um, the, when I said we, working from the text, uh, I kind of threw that away. That is really important. When you get a script, make sure you've read. It all and anything else that comes with it. Uh, sometimes there's what's called a bible, which is when an animation has um, images and they talk about each character and they talk about the world of this this yeah. animation. And that really gives you a good idea. And if you know the channel, like Nick Jr., they're kind of a bit more wacky than than Disney, perhaps. Just sort of look mm. at the shows that are, that are on there and you kind of get the vibe of what they're after. That they they might make references. It's like this show. It's like that show, and then you can you can look up those shows. So, really look at the Bible. Don't don't just don't just read your part in it. Read what your part is. Oops. Read what your part is to the whole story, and then go into each scene and go right. Okay, what's around me? Literally, how far away is the the next character? Uh, what am I looking at? 
is mm. um, how big is this space that I'm in? Yeah. Um, and so there's the, there's the kind of practical things that you think about your character, where they are. And so if you have an audition, I think it's really good to mix those things up. So it's a bit interesting for people when they're listening back. But yeah, that's, that's one thing. So think about that. And then from the emotional side of things, think, what do I think of this person that I'm talking to? What do I want out of this scene? I know what is my motivation, but it's true. And what's just happened? All of those things will add layers to it and make it truthful. And uh, it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. I think it just hits the nail on the head where you said it's about acting. It's not about stupid voices because even if you were on an uh, on-screen actor, you'd be doing all this anyway. You know, you'd be reading the script, understanding the character, the other characters that you're interacting with, and you would basically soak it up like a sponge and interpret that, you know. So, yes. yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good point. Um <laughs> What is the hardest part of your job? Uh, the hardest part is, I think, well, it depends how you look at it because I find, I mean, I, okay, my, my, the hardest part of my job would be the accounts and numbers and stuff like that. So I've subcontracted that, uh, <laughs> but I know all voiceovers or businesses have that issue. So that's, that's fine. So that's the most, ugh, part of my job but the hardest is probably um it's probably uh, staying staying on top of of what's going on I have to constantly watch what's going on and I go to a lot of animation events listen to podcasts and try and figure out what's going on I'm going to the Manchester Animation uh, Festival in November and I'll be going to other ones so that I can find out what's upcoming but also yeah. what the trends are. Um, and I know this isn't something that perhaps voice actors would ordinarily think about, but I, myself, I take it as these are the people I'm working with regularly and to be able to talk to them about what's going on is useful and it makes life more interesting for them and for me <laughs> if, we, um, if, if we all understand where we're coming from. So there's that side of things. And um, staying on top of my game, I train, I practice, I talk to myself a lot. Um, I <laughs> in public, <laughs> in public, <laughs> I have no shame. Um, and now I've started training myself. That's that's given me another level, uh, which I I was not anticipating. But um, mm. so I'm I challenge myself quite a lot, and that's probably the hardest. That's probably the hardest thing is to constantly think, what should I be doing? But yeah. I, I can imagine lots of people are in that situation at the moment. What's the animation community like in terms of reaching out to people and potentially getting work? Is it something that you get via agents most of the time? Um, or are there aspects where you can literally just reach out to people, trustworthy sources, obviously, and get work? Yeah. What's the normal way to do it? Ah, uh, the normal. <gasps> I hate using that word, but it just there comes is, out. There is no normal. There's no normal, I know. I think most of the animation industry people, I think they live on LinkedIn, so being there is quite good. See, I'm again, I'm saying this because I come to it with a wealth of, of contacts and experience, yeah. having started so young, but I, st I still have to reach out. And so what I find is 
that is one way of doing it. Yeah. Finding out about projects and talking to them. It takes years for an animation project to get mm. going. I run a thing called Scripts Out Loud. Yeah. Uh, voice actors sign up to it because I am planning on doing a lot more with that next year. And I want to get voice actors working with animation companies early on in the process so that when they're working on pictures, pitches and scratch tracks and things like that which which animation companies need to do in able to to get funding yeah get voice actors involved then because it's great for voice actors to to train to get seen and then also it's great for the animation companies to have somebody adding real life into these projects agents yes i get i get quite a few auditions through my lovely agent excellent talent shout out to them and so you need to get a very, very good demo together uh, to send to get an agent. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, that's it. I, I'd say, you know, networking is really important, but just be interested in the stuff that they're doing. Don't, don't say I'm a voice actor. It's bloody obvious. They'll go, they'll, go, <laughs> oh, they'll get to know you and go, oh, you're a voice actor. Okay, fine. You know, I can see we'll be wanting you in about five years time. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with reaching out to uh, production companies, but just find out about them a bit first. Mm. Don't just do a blind mailing, find yeah. out about them. And I'd also say, don't go straight in with your demo. Uh, wait mm -hmm. till they ask for it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When you're recording, do you... I, I would assume you record mainly in a studio on location or is it 50-50 at home location? No. Or does it work normally? No, um, I I mainly do it in external studios. Okay. I do sometimes record them here, uh, but it's quite difficult to record a picture in my studio when it's just me. Um, yeah. So I have a few studios that I'll go to. That's, yeah, that's it. I'll go there and... What does a recording session look like for you? Well, I do a hell of a lot of dubbing. That's my okay. main uh, bag, really, in animation. Uh, well, it certainly is probably about 80% of my animation work's been dubbing. <laughs> so um, that's when uh, content is uh, needs to be localized to that certain country to enable yeah. people to from all over the world to hear some fantastic content that they, they otherwise wouldn't have heard. And so I will go into a studio. Most of the time there is no director. It's just me and the sound engineer. Oh, interesting. And then me and the sound engineer get to know each other very well because we'll be working together for a long time. And you do, I don't know, maybe four hour and sessions, five hours, six hours sometimes. Yeah. And... How many breaks are you getting in between like each session? Like how, how you said six hours, but how long are you actually recording for in each? <clears throat> if I had a six hour session, I'd do, I'd probably say, right, can we do like three and then lunch and then three? Um, but I can have, you know, they're not, they're not torturers. <laughs> you just have a, <laughs> just go, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding on to, to the toilet. I always get scared though. I always get like, oh, I've been recording for three hours. My, my, 
throat feels like it's gonna bleed. Oh, can I ask for a break? And I, I know I should, and I'm entitled to one, oh, but I'm like, yeah, I just feel should. the side eyes looking at me. This is one of the things that I teach in my workshop: is yeah. empowerment. Yeah, yeah, you are in charge. If yeah, I, I mean, you got the sound engineer there. If the if the uh, words of the the original language are too loud in your cans it is your responsibility to yeah. say and then don't because you'll only come out of there thinking i did really badly when you could have actually yeah owned controlled that situation <laughs> <laughs> what is your what was your what is your favorite project you worked on to date i do get asked this one a lot and i, th I think it still is the same which is um toby's traveling circus okay it didn't get commissioned for a second series, but I, I really adored the characters we played. And I, I think it came, it's because of the timing as well. It came and it was an original animation. And me and Jimmy Hibbert and Joanna Ruiz, uh, the three of us recorded all of the characters in it. And it was a big circus of characters. So obviously we were able to find these amazing, amazing mm. characters and from all over the world, you know, it's a circus, all different animals, a big robot, all sorts of a dodgem. I was a dodgem. And, and <laughs> there were a, a, a ragdoll. There were all sorts of things in this circus. So we were like, I mean, kids in a sweet shop. And um, unlike um, a lot of the dubbing I do, we were all in the room together. Okay. And we worked with a brilliant director called Barry Purvis, who I still... I'm, I'm friends with and and he I get him involved in scripts out loud he uh he's the most lovely director he he we were able to rehearse and play about with it before we then went ahead and read it and working with Joe and Jimmy who are absolutely amazing voice actors hugely versatile and they really throw their energy and their you can tell that they can act it's just so, it was a, I was like a sponge learning from yeah. this experience. I think that's why I liked it so much as well as all the variety in it. It was being, it was learning so much and being really proud of what we achieved in the end. So Toby's Travelling Circus, definitely still my favourite. <laughs> I'll check that out. <laughs> I think I've heard of it actually. It was on Milkshake uh, yeah. years ago, but it didn't go on. It. I'm not exactly sure what didn't work about it. Sometimes you can... You can work out why it wasn't working, but I, I watched it and I thought that that's good. <laughs> but for that one, yeah, it just didn't go on. Unfortunately, we recorded a second series, but then they didn't make it because it was all stop frame animation. Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh. it takes a long time to make it. And we got one more question, one tip to anybody listening out there that wants to start their animation journey. One tip. One tip. <laughs> uh. Start to get, I well, know, go to an acting class and be prepared to look silly. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> so simple. Okay. Yeah. And before I let you go, um, tell us more about Scripts Out Loud. Oh, great. Yeah, Scripts Out Loud was set up over lockdown with me and an acting friend called uh, Rianne Marston-Jones. But she selfishly went off and had a baby. <laughs> so... Um, it's kind of, it's been very, very quiet. We haven't done much, but we did, over, over lockdown, we, we ran these events where we'd get actors coming on to like these Zoom calls and then it attracted lots of people from the animation industry. So we had lots of um, 
uh, illustrators, animators, obviously the writers and the voice actors were in the same room together virtually um, with um, a voice director directing and uh, and then at the end, a producer would talk about what they thought of the whole script. So it was a really um, collaborative and creative uh, process. But it, it's very time consuming organizing it. And me and Rianne, um, you know, we didn't we didn't really earn much money doing it. But um, so we're but we still want to No, she's had to stop. Boo. <laughs> so it's just me. And so finding the time to to do all the millions of ideas in my head is a challenge. But one of them is that's a that's a definite for next year is Scripts Out Loud is coming back. So yay. Woo-hoo. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll make sure I'll put all the details um in the show notes so people can check it out as well. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, um, Joe. I've, I've learned a lot and um hopefully I'll be at the next Scripts Out Loud. Um Yes, I know, you. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so lovely to meet you. Yeah, it was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. <laughs> and and I'm gonna see you soon, I'm sure. So <laughs> thank yes, you. Yes, I'll see yeah. you in person. Okay, take care, lovely. So what did I take away from today's conversation? Acting. This is the fundamental skill you need. If you don't have any training, then get some ASAP. This will come in handy when you need to create demos in order to get noticed by casting directors. Become the character. The way they talk, walk, look, behave, environment, etc. All these things can be portrayed by voice and help make every character distinguishable from one another. The community is out there, so make sure you join groups on LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. and get to know the studios and talented people making these projects. Just remember to be patient. Animations take years to make, so it's not going to happen overnight. Versatility is a plus, but not a must. If you could do different accents, then great, but if you can't, it doesn't mean the end of your career before it's even started. There are many ways to play different roles with just using your natural accent. And finally, practice. Join workshops, study people. There's only so much you know. And in order to learn new vocal styles and techniques, the best way of learning is getting out of your comfort zone and being a fly on the wall. Open those ears and listen. Thank you, Kate and Julianne, for joining me on today's adventure. Today's adventure was so much fun. So much so that I think I'm about to start work on my animation demo. Kate and Julianne run various animation workshops where they will teach you all of the fundamentals needed to achieve your goal. If you are interested in joining any of these workshops or simply want to get some info, you can find all of the details in the show notes below. That's it for this week. Make sure you're following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And until next time, bye-bye.